Welcome to the CityDAO podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gilbert Williams. CityDAO is exploring decentralized asset ownership on chain, starting with a simple piece of land purchased in Wyoming during 2021. Each parcel of land becomes an NFT that can be owned collectively by the DAO or by individuals just like you and me. CityDAO is a DAO. In other words, it's a decentralized autonomous organization, meaning that land governance, treasury, and other things, including this show you're listening to right now, are all managed by the community. Check out the FAQ at citydao.io to learn more, or check out the CityDAO Discord channel to get all the latest updates. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the CityDAO pod, where we talk about network cities, the network state, the future of human civilization, and a ton of other related fun subjects. The easiest way for you to support the show is please just take five seconds, go on to Spotify, on Apple, wherever it is that you're listening from, subscribe, give us a five-star review, if you don't mind. And it's the only ask I really have of you today is to just do this, like, do the subscribe, maybe share it with someone. It goes a long way, so thanks for that. Now, as of this year, CityDAO is the first to put real world physical land ownership into a DAO LLC and to put the governance of that ownership on chain via NFTs. There's a couple other exciting projects coming up right now that are all detailed inside the Discord. So make sure to join the conversations, join the community calls every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Mountain Time. We'd love to hear you there and and have you join the discussions. The intention, of course, of CityDAO is to take steps towards a better functioning civilization for us all. So we'll see you on Discord and the community calls. Here with us today on the pod is Angelo, the founder of buildcities.network. That's the website. That's where you'll find him, buildcities.network. Check it out. Angelo is helping startup cities, which includes, of course, network state-related cities, by providing tools and also in real-life connection opportunities known as chapters within his organization and much, much more. So we're going to talk a little more about what he does, how it works, about build cities and about also the concept of startup cities in general. So without any further ado, Angelo, man, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing? Good, good, great. And thank you so much, Eric, for having me on the pod. And yeah, it's just great to be here. And I was, I think, semi early on in the CityDAO Discord. And it was just really, really energizing to see, I guess, kind of the digital consciousness, I guess, kind of explode around this space. And it was definitely a big inspiration for what we're doing here at Build. So glad to be kind of full circle and and talking to y'all and figuring out these big questions and challenges together. Yeah, I've done a little research on Build Cities and I know that you go by Build or Build Cities. I'm going to just go with Build Cities. I don't fully understand some things and I wanted to wait until we were recording here to ask some of those questions because there's a lot of people as well that are a little bit new to the concept of of your protocol and, and some of the support you're providing to startup cities. So maybe instead of me trying to bugger up a regurgitation of it, I'll just shut up and let you, in your own words, describe what are you doing? What is Build? What is Build Network? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question and one we are continuously articulating as well as a community and as a, and as a team. The one-liner that is definitely pretty well cemented now is that we are building a protocol for startup cities. So we're basically looking at it at the infrastructure layer of, hey, how can we actually provide tools for any community to build a startup city. So a lot of the thesis with with startup cities and network states is that there'll be hundreds, if not thousands of them. And so we really want to answer the core issues of like, okay, what does it take to build startup cities? First of all, let's even just define startup cities. 
but along the way, build the tools that can help form these startup cities. And we actually just released our first phase one product. Uh, it's live on the website now. Uh, we're going to be making a little public announcement here actually today, and it's going to highlight exactly what the first foray into what the protocol will look like, and it forms a foundation for it. I'll just touch on, so I think another thing for the definition of startup cities, I think that's a key thing to answer. So per the Adrianople group, the type one, type two, type three startup cities. So type one, startup cities, ones that attract startups. Type two is one that kind of acts like startups like Miami or Singapore or Dubai. And then type three, startup cities that are startups themselves. I'd say the core theme with all of those is that, okay, it's an entrepreneurial culture in the, in the first place. It's whether I'm building a startup in a city or literally building a startup city from scratch, that kind of key innovation gene is the most important. And what we're doing first, I'd say, is really getting after that first type one startup city. So ones that attract startups to their ecosystem. So one of the big inspirations for the project is taking a lot of from the work of Brad Feld and his book, Startup Communities, where he talks about how he went into Boulder and formed the startup ecosystem there and grew it into what it is today. You know, they founded Techstars out of there. And it was that core thesis, a lot of the core thesis taken from that book. We'd love to get to type three startup cities. And I think that's going to come with time. I think it involves a lot of real estate, which is what we view as kind of the final boss for crypto. And then type two startup cities is starts to get a little bit more political. So I don't think as a protocol or a product, we have too much influence there on what could or could not happen. So it's really mainly focused on type one startup cities first, followed by type three, ideally as this thing scales out. So I know that was a long explanation, but protocol for startup cities is the one liner essentially. So when we talk about a startup city, it raises into question what I mean is the definition of a startup city. It also requires a definition of what a city is. I don't think that the definition of a startup has evolved and changed. So I think that's a generally accepted word that everyone understands. But the concept of a city, of course, is in question right now with the concept of a, a network state, right? What is a network city? What is a network state in that context? Like is a city defined to one specific spot on a geographical map or is a city something that's more dispersed? Or is that sort of going into network state territory? And so when you're talking about startup cities, are you referring to, and I, and I suppose this would be the tier three, are you referring to a physical location on a map as one spot? Or are we perhaps incorporating concepts like CabinDAO, for example, or CityDAO and, and other network state ventures that are intending on having real estates spread out throughout the world? And being a citizen would essentially be giving you access to multiple spots on the map. Yeah. So that's also a great question. So we don't veer away too much from like the literal definition of like, hey, this is city with real estate, a threaded together amount of buildings creates a village, town, city, whatever you want to call it. So we are, and we're actually putting out together a piece on this right now about localism in the network state where we firmly believe that, okay, in order for startup cities or network states to be successful, the foundation needs to be there. And that foundation is brick and mortar, right? It's the local neighborhood. It's the infrastructure that can support people living there, working there, building there. And just to allude to Brad Feld's book again as well on Boulder, he took the vision of when you're thinking about building a startup ecosystem, it's got to be a 20-year time horizon with the clock that resets every day. So it's always a perpetual 20-year time horizon. And that's a very localist approach. So I think that's really the core part of how we think about it. Now, 
that doesn't mean that these cities also can't be threaded together. And that's kind of where the network layer comes in and that protocol infrastructure where it comes into coordinating capital and talent to help other projects, especially in cloud-based industries where you're building software and people can work remotely. Those are the kind of connective tissue that I do think we can form as a protocol and, and where it kind of starts to enter that network state territory. So, and just to allude on a former podcast, you had Yanni Babochi from Layer. I fully agree with his thesis as well. It's like, hey, this is infrastructure that we can build that can help existing cities as well. So with Web3, and I think just kind of even before Web3, there's been this general trend of a wider distribution of capital and talent to different cities around the world and kind of overlook cities that people just may not have thought of as having startup ecosystems. So if we are able to expedite that and facilitate that and build the infrastructure for that to happen, then I think, yeah, I think it can come together in a, in a pretty powerful way, which everybody in the network would have access to so much as though that there's kind of a home base for everybody, I think. So basically you're saying that when you say startup city, you're referring to a traditional city of a physical single geographic location in the traditional sense. Is that the summary, right? Yes. Yes. Answered bluntly. Yeah. We're thinking of literal cities. So our co-founder, he's taken a lot of that Brad Feld playbooks and has done amazing work in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, for example, which is a kind of a blueprint for what we're looking to do for cities around the world. So he also has two ecosystems that now that are Victoria, Texas, Brooksville, Florida. And he's done a lot of our thesis about community first, real estate second, building startup cities in actual localities. And we will kind of want to replicate that with a digital first approach. So that's so, a lot so of the I'm, tools. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm just, so I'm trying to like narrow down on this. So how do you differentiate then between this so-called, this traditional startup city versus something like, again, I was saying like a, like a city DAO or a cabin DAO or, or even like a Satoshi Island. What is the distinguishing factor between the two that leans you towards saying that you would support more and focus more on like a traditional, for lack of a better word, old school city? Yeah. So I don't really know. I think this probably gets back and this could be a discussion point on more on back and forth on how do we actually define cities in a way. Yeah, And I'm not trying I, to back you in yeah. a corner, right? I just think yeah, it's a really no. important and curious subject, right? Because everything that's happening with the network state is forcing people to reconsider and rethink their processes. So I'm just sincerely curious in your mind how or why you differentiate between the two and lean towards one or the other instead of both or on and on. Yeah, generally curious. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there still is a network layer, right? Like our whole product today is it's digital. There's 50 existing cities that are currently on there. You can see the connections between the cities and the different networks that are on it. But at the end of the day, I do think that the foundation of cities that exist today, it's quite involved. You know, you have sewage infrastructure, roads, all that stuff. I love to do more interviews and I'm trying to find as many folks as I can in the just real estate development space because that's literally cities have been built, right? New York was once a startup. Seoul, South Korea, Miracle on the Han River over the last six years has just exploded. These were all startup cities in a way, but the main industry at the time was that we just figured out how to develop skyscrapers a little bit faster and, and kind of top of mind awareness for cities. Think of a skyscraper. So I think it's probably more emphasis on how we can leverage technology, mainly blockchain, crypto, to build physical startup cities with an emphasis on that kind of in real life component. So yeah, hopefully that, that kind of explains. So, a so bit your better, your emphasis. Yeah. 
I think what I just pulled out is on your last sentence there is that for you, the in real life component is a primary, whereas in a, let's say, a traditional network state venture, it might be digital is the primary. Yeah, I would say the foundation, the main prerequisite for a network state or any country still is physical land. And I just think it's easy to kind of sometimes we get maybe a little carried away with not carried away, but I think that foundation just does not change at the end of the day, like brick and mortar real estate, having that physical infrastructure in place is still at the end of the day, the foundation of any city, how they get threaded together is where that network component comes in. And I think that's the infrastructure we want to build about how you can thread these together. And I, and I think there is also quite a bit of an appetite for especially smaller and kind of overlooked cities to experiment with a lot of these new technologies. So like, let's say, for example, you were able to get X amount of budget from an existing city and run that like capital allocation process for the budget and give it to the people, right? Have those transparent flows on chain so that people can see where their funds are going. I mean, I think just thinking about taxes themselves, right now we pay into a black box of taxes. You pay and, and you have no idea where it goes. Just that shift of just even setting aside quadratic funding and harborage attack, which are all really exciting experiments. Just the thought of, let's say at the end of your TurboTax, for example, you could put a percent allocation that all adds up to 100 that goes to different agencies that you select. You press submit and you see all your tax dollars go directly to those agencies on chain. And even then you could see to the end point of where your tax funds went. That would create a much more vested citizen, I think, in existing cities today. And I think that's just a problem that, you know, that type of challenge, I'm not going to say we're going to overhaul the tax flows, but thinking about those kind of challenges and what those can do for existing cities today are definitely an area and problem space that we want to address. And I think it's exciting when that can be done right. And you coordinate chapters where people interested in startup cities can meet in real life and do events and get to know each other and strategize in person. Is that correct? Yes. And again, so I know I just talked all about the kind of in real life component, but we are in adherence with this, with the network state thesis, we are starting cloud first. So we actually built a whole product that would allow people to stake physical real estate on the network and be able to access it. It's actually already fully built. It's something we plan to release at a later point, but we realize that it's still you know, a lot of this is timing, like it would be still too close to dealing with the real world assets. It would look kind of like a transactional product at the end of the day. So we went back to the roots of like, hey, communities first, real estate second, and, and realized that, hey, there's already existing communities you see on, and they're having a hard time just figuring out where people are at around the world without sending a DM or like following all the different channels and in, in which places people are. It's very difficult to know where your cloud community, and in this case, our products built on Discord, so primarily Discord, like where they're at in the world. And I think everybody in one of the core thesis of the network state is having the translation of online relationships to offline. So that's kind of the core problem we're tackling first, where we have the 50 city chapters. We allow people to overlay all of their basically Discord servers, or we're calling them networks on top of them so that you could see, hey, Everybody in City Dow, here's everybody in City Dow in Atlanta, here's everybody in Sydney, and actually facilitate those IRL connections a little bit faster than you would normally if you were just in Discord trying to figure out where everyone's at around the world. Because I think at the end of the day, we all want to connect 
in real life, we all want to have those in-person interactions. And I think that was a needed problem to solve first. Do you track how many people are getting connected and how many meetups are happening in real life through your chapters and stuff? Yeah. So we just launched last week privately and we're announcing publicly, I think after this episode. So we have some kind of semblance and we have a lot of like anecdotal evidence. So like even myself, I live in Jersey City. I've met five people here now that I consider my friends really that came in through Discord first. We realized we were in Jersey City. We connected and now we're on continuous conversations. And I know that's happened for other members, just like in CityDAO. I think any given Discord community that has some amount of size has those connections already happening. And we do have the tools built out to even facilitate the meetups even faster. So yes, anecdotally, from a data perspective, it'll be a few months until we have that knowledge. And what are these protocols that you're working with and building and providing to startup cities? Yeah. And then one other piece on the chapters. So why we have those 50 to start. So some are much smaller, some are much larger. So each one of those city chapters is actually accompanied by a city NFT, which is a one of one issuance that we gave out to people who did small bounties for the DAO, whether it was like a design or something related to their city and something related to what we were trying to accomplish. So each one of those, so there's 50 holders of those, and those are actually kind of the symbolic placeholders for each one of those cities to actually be its own DAO. So that was kind of a key component in this in the last explanation is that each city on there will essentially be its own DAO. We do have in kind of phase two, the plan to actually run funds to each one of those city chapters. And that would be a core part of the protocol is that the city chapters could be financed based on the projects they're trying to do real estate they're trying to acquire. And that's definitely kind of a big piece of long-term goal. We're calling that category of municipal DeFi. So sorry, hopefully I didn't drift too far away from the original question. That's okay. No, I was just curious a little more about some of these protocols that you're uh, okay, providing yeah, yeah. for startup cities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So some of the ones that are on the app already. Sure. Yeah. Like, What, what do you mean when you say a protocol for startup city? Like, What does that mean for you? Okay, so protocols being the actual like infrastructure that we're building. So some of the things I just mentioned about the on-chain financing of those different cities, the protocol is kind of the umbrella term for the product. So it's really just the umbrella term to say, this is a platform for startup cities and we're just using the word protocol. And then as far as other ones that have come in, so it's completely up to community members that come in. So if somebody comes in from CityDAO, they connect their Discord, they select CityDAO as one of their top networks. We allow them to select up to three and then up to three cities as well. So the logic there being you can only really be a very vested member in a handful of communities. If we let people pick 500, that's kind of saying that, okay, what are you truly involved in? So we want to get that intent behind each user. So three networks, three cities, anybody can sign in as long as there's a discord related to the community. And then we overlay those on top of existing cities. So we don't work with any one particular protocol to come in or, or whatnot. It's, it's completely up to those community members and members to come in and we populate the directory as people come in basically. And how many people, again, did you say are, are with your network so far and you're working with? Yeah. So we have a core team. There's about six of us really on the core team, three co-founders. So three co-founders, myself, Nick Smoot, he's one core lane, Idaho. And then Kalon Bridge is an entity formed by Ronald Maduka. He's based in Lagos, Nigeria. So it's us three as co-founders. We have one designer. Her name's Daniela. 
And then we have a network of about three or four other contributors that helped us build this product. The broader community internally for our discords, about just over a thousand now, and we're kind of building that out. And then as for the product itself, even in just this private announcement we've had, we've already had 200 networks on board organically. So the idea is that keeps filling out and we hope to grow the community you know, as we go along on this journey. So when you say 200 networks, what does that look like? What are these networks? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's completely up to the users who come in and, and use the product. So they select their top three networks. We populate the network directory of the ones that are coming in to sign on. And so far, we've had 200. So I know there, I think there's about 10 CityDAO members there. 1729 has been a pretty big inspiration for us as well. I think we got about 15 of those members build our own internal one. I've seen stacks on there. It's growing by the day. And, and the more people that kind of come on and use the app, the more they'll be able to get used to see like, hey, here's everybody. And again, in these respective cities, whether that be New York, I think New York is definitely our most popular one right now. Singapore's pretty big. LA, obviously a lot of the big cities are still bringing in the most people. We're pretty excited about some of the smaller ones when they get built up because I think all great communities start small, you know? So I had some fun before we got on the call today, just going through your old tweets and reflecting on them and taking the actual time out of the day with a coffee to, to engage with, with the tweet space. So it's something I've not done enough of for sure and trying to change that right now. So I was going through some of your tweets and some of them had some cool thought subjects that I thought we could go through a little bit and have them as discussion points. So in no particular order, one of your tweets recently said, it was a question, what if cities operated on an open source protocol? Now, earlier, yeah, earlier, you know, what, 10 minutes ago, you mentioned to the effect of if a citizen could, in a traditional city, could watch where their funds went. And I suppose we're talking about, like, let's say if I paid some sort of tax to the public fund of my city in, let's say, like a Bitcoin or whatever it happened to be, and I can see and track those input and outputs through whichever wallets they might have bounced around. Maybe there's a master treasury that collects taxes, and then that master treasury maybe gets funneled into a larger treasury. And then the larger treasury, of course, would then disperse into subgroups. And then those subgroups would have a use case for those taxes. And some of it might end up going towards salaries. Some might go towards physical playground building or road infrastructure or whatever it happens to be. And we can track. And depending on, because of the input-output system, depending on how many input-outputs might have happened to be inside my tax payment, it could be one, of course, or it could be a million, some of my inputs could actually physically be traced and tracked to a certain political figure's payment as a salary. And other amounts could be maybe tracked all the way down to some sort of conservation initiative that was publicly funded and see where it all goes. So is this the kind of thought subject that you were mulling over when you mentioned what if every city was on an open source protocol yeah. or you think it's something else? No, I mean, you nailed it on your head. And I think the clearest example of that when we're talking about protocol is capital flows, right? So let's open the black box of taxes. We're paying so much, we should know exactly where each dollar goes. And that level of, again, our thesis is that level of transparency and knowing where your funds are going to be is going to tie you so much more to your city, whether that be a new one or an existing one, right? Even if you're starting small with some like experimental nature, it's hard to even imagine how much more differently people would feel about their city when they knew exactly where that TurboTax filing goes at the end. Like, where do those funds go? We all want to know. And I've worked in government. I was in the army for four years. And so like, I'm familiar enough with how 
certain funds are allocated and whether they should or should not be allocated in certain ways. I don't want to get into that now. But yeah, I mean, that was definitely kind of at the heart of that question is like, what if it was an open source protocol? And that's definitely suggesting of some of the things that we seek to accomplish. And, you know, all of these projects, you know, we're all tackling, I mean, this is a very, very, very ambitious goal, very lofty goal. What CityDAO is doing, Praxis Cabin, it's wild. It's a frontier. It's, it's awesome. But I think there's so much that can be done starting small, right? Like we did a pilot grant on Gitcoin, for example, that helped some of our developers in Legos. So one of the big issues there is that they have a collapsing power grid all the time. I think the average household gets like four hours of electricity per day. And so if you're a developer there, designer, or just digital economy worker, you are having a very difficult time just catching up with the internet because you literally just don't have power to get it. And that's let alone like the fact that the, you know, the baseline there is typically like 4G or less. And so we did a grant, Gitcoin grant for these solar panels that we got one for one of the developers. It started giving them 24-7 access to the internet. You didn't have to pay these generators because that's what most people who can't afford it, businesses or residences, they pay these generators, they're pollutive. It's six to 10 times more costly than the electricity itself when the grid is working. So you get the idea, but I think we ended up raising like five grand and everybody who put money towards that knows exactly where that's going. And so that's what we view is like, hey, that's a small experiment and a win for crowdfunding infrastructure in a city, in an existing city that, hey, let's do the next round where we're going to fund, we're able to buy six of them. So now let's do the next round where we can fund 20 of them. And like, let's keep going on that. Like, okay, now let's actually finance a whole solar installation that can maybe cover a whole block. There's an interesting project there, Talent City in Lagos. And one of their core things is like, hey, we're just trying to insulate people from the grid to actually give them electricity is one of the core value props, as I understand it among other things. And yeah, I mean, I think if we can get in front of crypto capital to go towards those productive public goods that are in real life, that's just really powerful. And that's a global capital pool, right? Like that's something that you and I can finance from over here and see those on-chain flows going to Legos. And so that's where the kind of the network layer comes in. But the core need from the very beginning was still the electrical access on ground in Legos. How do we fix that? And it was a small experiment, but we want to scale those out in cities around the world. Yeah. And there's a lot of projects doing different experiments to baby step and nudge us in these directions. The city DAO, like there's a whole bunch. What projects, because I'm sure you're following a lot of projects, what projects would you say are the likeliest to end up with a fully functional experiment working of an open source city? And you don't have to answer city DAO, but I'm uh, just curious. Which, which pro- and and well, maybe, no, I mean, maybe a better I mean, question would be like, how far on a scale of 100? A hundred being, okay, we have a fully open source city now and zero being, yeah, we haven't even started. We know we're not there, but we know we have started. Where on that scale do you think we are in terms of progress and which project do you think is the farthest? Yeah. I mean, so again, I think a lot of this gets back to semantics. I mean, I think you could argue all of them are doing it now, right? We've all driven through towns maybe that have like a hundred people or whatever. I'd say they've already existed in a way starting with internet forums, subreddits, but now we're thinking people are kind of adding more structure to it. And I'd say, I don't know if there'll be like a first, I think they'll all develop in parallel and take a different shape. Because I mean, if we just compare to the number of existing cities in the world, I mean, I don't know the number, but it's probably in the hundreds of thousands and they all develop differently. 
if we're taking a more tangible analogy to like a certain industry, but even in tech, like I, I worked in fintech for five years and the financial services stack is made, there's hundreds of companies in that space, right? And they're all serving some kind of crucial need because it's just such a massive world. And so I think when you're thinking of the public stack or the city stack, I mean, that's even bigger, right? There's too many problems and challenges to solve for there, I think, to be like one that does it first or whatnot. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think they're all going to kind of take their own shape and make up a different part of this stack, so to speak. And some will be replicated. We can fork them. And I think we'll have, again, hundreds, if not thousands of them here in the next decade, two decades. How far do you think we're going to be on that in five years? (laughs) Let's fast forward and say, okay, here we are today. Yeah. 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 I mean, let me push back, I guess, not push back, but just counter because I love to understand what do you think the definition of success looks like for a network city, so to speak? And not even not naming names like, yes, city to hell around the, but like by bullet point, like what is the acceptance criteria, I guess? Because we're still trying to figure that out. I'll say one in a simplistic, real sense is whichever of these initiatives can come out of crypto winter with a functioning community. That's like the first important, critical, massive success milestone that all of these different ventures are facing. We got this huge hype of last bull run. Everyone gets excited. Oh yeah, we can do anything. Pigs are going to fly and we're going to be on Mars and everything's wonderful. And then you know everyone's portfolio crashes and people get discouraged and they go back to their regular job and it's like, oh yeah, that was stupid. right? And, and they lose interest or, oh, it hasn't made me a trillionaire and I've been here for three weeks. This is a problem. It must be a scam. I'm not a trillionaire in three weeks. That's a problem. And there's dozens of other types of attitudes that are a constant problem and a constant drag on productivity. So just making it through this crypto winter with a community, a core community that believes in the vision still and has been building throughout this process, just those communities in and by themselves are going to be worlds ahead of anything else. And that's the first success that I think every startup city or network state venture needs to really tangibly consider as a top number one priority, right? And how do you keep momentum going, right? Because you can't build a city in a day. You can't build a city in a month. But what you can do is keep your community together and keep your community alive and growing, ideally growing. So that's the first definition of success I'd have. Moving onwards from that, oh, sorry, did you want to throw something in there? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that resonates, you know, acceptance criteria, number one, just the mindset that we're living in a network city and the communities that have that mindset, that'll be a prevailing, yeah, or a leading indicator that like, hey, success is around the corner and continuous evolving. But sorry, didn't interrupt, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, a next one is to, pardon my French, not fuck it up, right? Let's do some experimenting and not screw that up. Cabin Dow is doing some cool stuff and they're nailing it, right? They're in the right track. Nothing that they've done that I've seen has been messed up, right? Same with CityDAO. Working with a community that's this large is easier said than done. And CityDAO has been able to continue staying on track, regardless of the difficulties that it comes in different opinions, and frankly, the different language barriers. Regardless of all these massive challenges, we've still maintained to be on track without any sort of, knock on wood, major problem, so to say, that would derail or threaten to derail this whole thing. Afropolitan, the community is full steam ahead. And I mean, they have a great newsletter. And Eche articulates this vision so clearly that it's inspiring. And these are massive successes right now that are happening. Satoshi Island having their NFTs and their leases already out. City Dow getting the baby parcel and experimenting with our NFT structure and our, our lease structure for preparation of the big parcel with the Harbinger tax model. Yeah. CIP 100, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. CIP 100 with the Harbinger tax model. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So number one is to survive through crypto winter with a intact core community still working on the same vision. Number two is to, when you're doing these experiments and building these communities, don't mess it up, right? And that might sound stupid, but it's really important and it's critical. And number three is to have a successful experiment. Whatever it is that you're experimenting on, and I'm I'm speaking to every network stake venture out there, Sapien Nation with the passports and Nation 3 and, and, and all these other ventures too, whatever little experiments you're working on, have them be little successes, right? We don't have to, again, build Rome in a day. We have to have a successful experiment. And if the baby steps are successful, then it starts to make an indisputable successful track record for all of us. Now, I don't know how long it takes to have a city with a million people in it that are functioning in some sort of a network state concept or having a hundred pieces of land all over the world that, that gives access, or I don't understand what border security looks like in a world where there's 10,000 countries in 10,000 different spots. I don't know what that looks like. And there's big questions on that front that I'm curious to explore. Anyways, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now, but these are like success milestones that we're working through. I think my internet buggered out there for a second. Hopefully it's okay. It did for a second, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think this is, again, incredibly ambitious efforts from all these projects that you mentioned, ours as well. And it's going to take a lot of perseverance. It's going to take a lot of methodical perseverance. And yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more. I think for us specifically, I think maybe what success or what success does look like is right now kind of in this phase one. So we've broken it into phases, phase one being the build citizenry, where it's just the people component prerequisite for any city is people, right? So the more we can fill up these different city directories and issue new ones, so we have more in the pipeline that we'll be issuing out on the app, that's success. And now that we have a product, we have KPIs that we can measure. We're looking at networks, members, and obviously retention in each. Phase two being build assets. So what that looks like is like, hey, where are we going to crowdfund the first property, either in an existing city or on top of new land? We're, I think, a little bit more indifferent than some of the other projects. I think we're kind of focused a little bit more on existing cities, I think, and what that looks like. So then that becomes KPI of like, okay, it's the assets on the books. Like, what does the DAO hold as far as assets go? Phase three being build cities themselves. So what that looks like to us is kind of the threading together of different real estate properties. So in any given city, does it have more than one property? And then we kind of start to look at the definition of like how many properties makes up a city, right? Like what do people define as a city or just their neighborhood? And there's a lot to kind of unpack there. And then phase four, we have this build sovereignty piece, which is definitely the biggest question mark, I think probably for all of us is like, hey, how do we get diplomatic recognition? And we don't know what we don't know there yet. And I think it's definitely the longest journey out there and and definitely one of the final pinnacles. But I think the more we bring our heads together in this and see the overlap with all the projects, because I think they all have overlapping community members and missions on different parts of the stack that we talked about earlier. I think that's going to increase the chance of success for all of us. And I think that naturally happens anyways. So it's really cool to see. I think it's inherently like if we're just using the word DAO or just network and if crypto is involved in some aspect, form or fashion, it makes sense for these networks to call it a token swap or align incentives because that's going to make things that much stronger. And I think it's no different in this space that is obviously brand new horizon. Well, on that note of bringing our heads together, I think it would be great if everyone here listening joins in on the next City DAO community call, like I said, 4 p.m. Wednesdays mountain time every week. Angelo, it would be great if you joined as well. Love to hear your input on some of the decisions that we're making and some of the stuff we're working on. 
So on that note, Angelo, it was great to have you here on the show. I definitely want to keep in touch. I'd love to see you on Discord. I really want to learn more about these chapters and figure out where there are people in my local vicinity that are partaking in different types of startup cities. I'd like to meet them. So let's keep in touch. I'm going to check out the site and see if I can get some in-person stuff happening over here. I'm in Palo Alto right now, and then I go back to Canada. Yeah, thanks again for coming to the show. And you know, any last thoughts here? No, again, just really appreciate coming on. I'm just really looking forward to blocking and tackling, I think, together this grand vision that I think we all have in, in different ways and, and see them kind of form together. So yeah, thank you for having me on. Awesome. We'll keep in touch. Everyone listening, make it a great week. See you next time.